guys, welcome to Do It For The Process. This episode is going to sound different from any I've recorded before because, well, there's a man's voice. <laughs> My husband's joining us for a conversation on what it's like to be the partner of a creative entrepreneur and artist, what it looks like to know the person behind the brand, and then to see the brand identity as something separate from that person what it's like to see creativity play out in all forms of life, the kind of the struggle that goes into being married to a creative and being married to an entrepreneur, and just kind of some banter back and forth. We've been married for a long time and we get along quite well. He's seen me through the entirety of my creative career from making absolutely no money whatsoever to growing slowly and surely to beginning to support our family while he went to school. And then now we have kind of a partnership where we both run our own companies. We both run our own businesses and that's really crazy. And our house is always busy and always exciting. We always have really intense conversations on growing businesses and on, you know, the ins and outs of being an entrepreneur. And it's very exciting and very, very fun. So I wanted to bring him in because he has been my partner in everything. He is the other side of my my brain in a lot of ways. Um, my business would look very different without his influence and without his voice in my mind. And he's also just really wise and knows what he's talking about. So I think you'll hear a lot of things that while, like, while his space is the tech world and the business world, a lot of that applies to the fine art world. And I think that being open to those crossovers is very exciting and very empowering for both of us. So. I hope you enjoy tuning in. Before we dive into this, I have to tell you that the collective is currently open for enrollment. We only open twice a year, April and August, and this is the time. And I'm very, very excited to welcome you into the collective if that sounds like the right fit for you. I've been asked this a few times thus far, and I'm gonna go ahead and make it super clear. We've covered a lot of content inside of the collective. We've covered marketing. We've covered creating marketing calendars and launch calendars. We've covered how to have a website that sells on your behalf. We've talked about retreats and workshops. We've talked about printing and packaging and shipping. We've talked about social media. Um, email marketing is coming up next session. We're talking about photography and brand photography and product photography. Um, it's just the, the content inside of the collective is really full. We're currently in session eight and each session is full of content. And the nice thing about this is as a member of the collective, you get access to all past and current content. So as a member, you can access all of that for the exact same price, no extra. It's completely accessible to you. I want this to be a resource for my creative friends. I want this to be a place where you can dive in and find the answers that you need, the very tactical, very supportive answers that will actually help you to move the needle in your business. If you're ready to grow your business, whether you're making $0 or $10,000 or $100,000 a year, that doesn't matter. If you're ready to see growth, this space is for you. I've grown my business slowly and steadily from making absolutely $0 to funding my lifestyle and that of my team, which is something that I never thought would ever happen. I'm here for you. This space is here for you. Inside of the collective, we have something called the artist success path. The artist success path will take you on a path from making, you know, you're, you're a hobbyist, you're not making any money yet, you're creating work that's kind of all over the place and kind of scattered and not really refined. We'll take you from that space all the way to running a 
very successful and meaningful and impactful company a brand that is recognizable across the nation, across the world, having a team that depends on you and is supported by you, and just a a place where your ideas make a really big impact and your ideas really help to shift culture and change people's hearts and minds. Now, you can stop anywhere along that path that you would like to. You don't have to go all the way there, but it's kind of a big ask and a really big you know, a really big responsibility. If you want to stop at the place where you're making enough money to fund your life, go on nice vacations, sell artwork across the globe, perfect. Stop there. That's completely fine. And I fully support that. That sounds delightful. If you want to stop at the place where you're making a nice side income to save up for some nice vacations or to pay for your kids schooling or whatever your goals are, then stop there. You can stop anywhere you'd like, but I think the important thing is knowing how far you're able to go and not being limited by your belief that you can't progress beyond a certain point. You absolutely can. Your work wants to be big and beautiful in the world. Your work wants to take up space. It wants to be important. Allow it to do that. Give it the voice that it's asking for this will help you do that. The collective will help you do that. The artist success path will help you do that. And because I want this to be accessible and and manageable for all of my creative friends, I've also made it as affordable as I possibly can. It's $29 a month and it is no long-term commitment. I will be here for as long as I can. I will be here for years and years and years. It's my plan at least you can come and go as you need to. Like I said, we open twice a year, so you can only join during those those time periods, April and August. However, you can leave whenever you need to. There is no commitment. There are no long-term, you know, fine print pieces written in. No, I want this to be a service to you. And as soon as it stops serving you, you can leave. No, No strings attached. However, I think you're going to find out that if you're ready for growth, if you're ready to see progress in your business, this space is so nurturing and so nourishing and the community is so rich, I think you're going to stay forever. That's my bet. That's my hope at least. Okay. You can find all the information at emilyjeffordslearn.com. The doors are open until April 30th and then they will close until August. So join us ASAP. Okay, with that, let's dive into this very unusual and very delightful episode of the Do It For The Process podcast. Welcome to Do It For The Process, studio conversations for artists and creatives. I'm your host, Emily Jeffords, professional artist, educator, and mother of three. In this podcast, we dive deep into what it means to run a successful creative entrepreneurship, how to stay true to your art while also growing your creative business. And I always give a gentle reminder to fall in love with the process all along the way, because I firmly believe your creative business is only as strong as your creative practice. And with that, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Do It For The Process with Emily Jeffords. Today, I'll be interviewing my spouse. Okay, I'm taking over now. Hi. Um, that was my that was my husband. 
and he is going to be on our podcast today. And I'm very excited to have my first podcast guest, besides the babe who uh, just babbled in one of the episodes incessantly, which was adorable. But you're not going to babble, are you? I can't promise anything. <laughs> this is new for me. This is new. Is this your first time being on a podcast? It is. Congratulations. Yeah, and a pretty darn popular a one. A very popular one. That is true. That you were ranked true. where in Canada at one point? Number two. That's right. In a very niche category that I already forgot what it was. Maybe like fine art podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> is that even a thing? <laughs> well, here we are. Here we are. World famous podcast. Um, hello, this is my husband, Daniel Jeffords. He is one of my favorite people on the entire planet. And Dan... Hi. Hello. Tell us what you do, because I was going to give a summary just now, and then I kind of forgot what you do. So please give um, us your version that's of great. what you do. Awesome. Uh, I work as the chief technology officer and one of the co-founders for a financial technology company called Earnest that has created a proprietary way to introduce digital payments to real estate. It's very fancy. Um, it's very... It's nerdy. It's nerdy. It's super nerdy. But it is changing the world, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you're not ranked number two in Canada like I am, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but still. I will get there someday. Yeah. Um, Dan and I met our... my. Oh, sorry, sorry. Not your first day, but my first day of college. We met in the art department. We were both art majors. And I thought he was creepy because he had a crush on me instantly. That's not true. I was actually dating somebody else. But I will say, <laughs> the first thought that went through my head is, finally, a cute art major. Absolutely. I was pretty excited. Um, he followed me around. He stalked me. It was terrifying. And then we fell in love. After becoming best friends. And, and after I got dumped. Right. Well, yes, yeah, so did I. So that, that was fine. We both had that drama that brought us closer together i gave her the let's be friends talk one time it didn't work no it um, lasted one day we're just made for each other and that was just fate bringing us back together yeah so we got married pretty soon after college like what 20 weeks. days yeah a few like weeks not later. very long after college <laughs> nope. and i don't think is it safe to say that neither of us really had a plan well I was a shift supervisor at Starbucks, so that definitely applies for me. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I didn't have Not any that there's jobs. anything wrong with that, by the way. Starbucks was an excellent employer. For sure. Has amazing benefits. For and sure. I love the fact that it gives an education to part time workers. Absolutely. They're a great company. I had no jobs, so there's that. Um, but then you worked at Banana Republic and that was pretty cool. I did. It was not cool, but thank you for, for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it taught me a lot about retail and, um, yeah, it was, it was good for me. Actually, it really was, it really was good for me and I would never go back, but it was fine. Um, yeah, so we kind of got married and we had, well, no, we, we did get married. We didn't kind of get married. We totally a hundred percent got married. I hope so. And we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, we were very young. Did you consciously think what will life be like with an artist when we were dating and engaged? I don't know. That was never a thing I consciously thought. Your mom was an artist. Maybe that was already kind of like in your... Yeah. Like your personhood. Yeah, my mom is also a professional artist. Um, she's more in the folk art 
area, but I grew up with that at home as well. So I actually started doing art for her and with her when, I don't know, maybe at the age of eight. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that weird. We should also preface this. Hold on. Dan, we met in art school. Like, Dan is a phenomenal artist himself. He doesn't do that professionally anymore, but he is, I would say, far superior to me in many artistic mediums. Some might even just say one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I will give you two. Pencil and pen. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks. He's very, very, very good. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we met in art school. He did not finish with an art degree. But that's how we began our relationship was with him in that space with me, which is really fun to kind of like go through art school together a little bit. Um, yeah, so I was like, so you you kind of left that path um, throughout college. It was kind of something that you decided to keep as your hobby or like something that you did for fun. Yeah, I mean, I got that. I got to work with people on some really great projects and then realized I didn't like it as a job. Yeah, which I think is really important to understand about yourself, especially if you want to be a creative, because you can either keep this as something that you enjoy or this can be, you know, your actual bread and butter. Which I don't know that I even really thought that far in advance when I was in college. I mean, I had my art show in in my senior year, sold crazy well. I've told that story before where my art professor literally laughed at me about my sales goal. And I smashed it, so whatever. (laughs) Very proud of that still, if you can't tell. Um, But I don't think that I really thought about like having an actual career leaving school because I don't think I saw that modeled anywhere. You also didn't have a lot of time post school to think about things. That's true. I mean, we ended up uh, pregnant with our first. Yeah. Super five soon. and a half months after we got married. Super soon. Yeah. 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 It was very much reactive. So there wasn't a whole lot of time to think about an art career. Yeah. Or any career, honestly. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So you guys, I mean, you guys know my story. Like I, we got married got pregnant, had the baby, and then it made no sense for me to keep going to my minimum wage paying job when daycares cost, you know, more than that. <laughs> so, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Like I wanted to stay home with my baby. So it just became natural to launch my art career at that point. So that was something that I'm so thankful I was, um, I was enabled to do. And like, I give you a lot of credit for that because you could have been like, no, I mean, it's worth it's worth the $1 of profit that you might make at the end of the day per <laughs> per hour of work. I don't know. There, I think that you were also brave in letting me like just dive in and make this thing a career. Yeah, that was an interesting few years. It was hard. Years. It was real it hard. It was extremely hard. Mm-hmm. I say that not in a detrimental way towards art. I just mean like our life as a whole. I mean, it was very the recession the first few years and we had an infant and then we got pregnant again and yeah, it was incredibly hard. It was a really hard time for us, but I don't regret it. I just don't like, no, I, don't, we, I don't like it. <laughs> we, we don't dwell on the first three years of marriage too much just because of some of the challenges that were, that were there. But I do have to say without those, I don't know that we would be who we are today mm-hmm. so i appreciate them i just don't want to repeat them <laughs> yeah they're definitely part of our path and part yeah. of our journey for sure um so we progressed from there and you joined the military mm-hmm. which was very exciting oh yeah 
full of adventure, full of all kinds if of by, drama. You mean living in the West Texas desert for it was a while. gorgeous. That it was, was adventurous. I, I mean, honestly, it was like living in a giant painting, which I kind of loved. It was boring. It was so boring. Oh, man. But it was beautiful. This lady was a tank. Um, I was a we tank? Had, yeah, you were a tank. We had, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we had two little kids um, when I left for basic training, and you basically moved across the country in uh, the trunk of a Dodge Intrepid to come live with I me. I mean, I wasn't in the trunk. No, no, with, like, oh, gosh. Yeah. No, you weren't in the trunk. No, all everything we needed to live yes, was in the trunk. Yes, we had all of our possessions in the trunk. That is yeah. true. And then I wasn't allowed to live with you for, like, two months. That's true, too. Um, and then even when I did live with you, I was working from, like, 4.30 in the morning until 10 at night. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was an interesting... That's when I became a true night owl during that time. Because the girls would go to sleep finally, and I would have like five hours of creative time. And I would paint, or I would blog, or I would do crazy art projects in the living room, or I would do like DIY things. Yeah. Isn't that when you started getting into Instagram, actually, as well? Yeah, that's when I began Instagram, 2011. Yep. Early adopter. Um, I used to brag to people all the time about how many blog views who would get oh i got like a hundred oh no 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 i remember last course um you had gotten picked up on the front page of your blogging platform oh yeah and you got like 2400 views oh i remember that day. and we were flipping out that was a very exciting day yeah was i was like day. jumping around the living room it was a very exciting day um i remember that completely um okay let's talk about fast forwarding a little bit what okay. is it like to live with an artist i'll say it's interesting <laughs> how many art supplies are in our living room and or kitchen right now okay well we have <laughs> a bajillion and i love it because you buy more storage things and then you just overflow the storage I things do, I do. so we have like i don't know how many cabinets full of things your desk area mm-hmm. two closets mm-hmm. yeah Okay, so what I'm hearing in all of this is Emily needs a new studio. Yeah. I need to I need to build a studio. Okay, first off, we had plans and everything. We, we were going to build a studio. And instead, we're now building a house. Yes. That will also have a studio. Yes, it's going to happen. But I need it so. now. Oh. <laughs> um yeah, so there are art supplies. I'm do you guys this this gentleman is a gem. Um I am not a tidy person by nature. And I have art supplies everywhere, everywhere. And he very rarely makes me feel bad about it. Every now and then I see him looking around like, hmm, okay, I can I can deal with this. It's going to be okay. But every other time, like most, you know, 90% of the time, he's just in our space and is this calm presence amongst us, which is great. Well, I think one of the things that's really interesting about working with you and here's what I'm going to say, by the way. I'm going mm. to I'm going to add a clarifier because I told you I was going to add the clarifier at some point during this podcast. Okay. You asked me, how is it to live with an artist? Yes. Um, I have, and this may be strange for everybody listening to the podcast, but I've actually, I don't think of you as an artist first. Mm. I think of you as a businesswoman who... Oh, controversial conversations. Is a creative... <laughs> Because you have so many different mediums, I and do. it's not all just fine art. 
you have your coaching, you have your educational stuff, you have your creative retreats, the masterminds, um, you run a business. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. The thing I will say about living with an artist who is also a businesswoman and amazing at that is if I were to give her a day off and I have asked her this on multiple times, well, multiple occasions, Hey, Emily, if I just gave you a couple days off, what would you go do? Like, would you get out of town? Will you go hang out with some friends somewhere? What will you do? And your answer is always. Um, I mean, right now I would run away to Tulum, Mexico and I would paint. Yeah. It's always paint. Yeah. The answer is always pain. If you look stressed, if you look like you need something, if yeah. uh, the kids have been hard or if I've been hard, the thing you need to go do is paint. And I think that that is the part that is living with an artist. And the rest of it is living with a businesswoman who happens to also be a creative businesswoman. And you're really good about that too. Like whenever you see me just giving too much of myself to the wrong things, like, you know, why don't you just, not the wrong things, but just... Like maybe I need to focus on myself for a minute or do something for me. You're like, just, just go paint. Like just yeah. go to the studio on Sunday and stay there all day. I got the kids. You go paint. Yeah. And I mean, you do the same thing for me. I mean, of all course, the time. obviously I am a gem. <laughs> You've called me a gem earlier. So now we're both yeah, gems. We're just, um, it's like a Cheshire chest of I gems over here. Yeah. Do you, um, I mean now like, I have the luxury of like my business pays for my hobby, which is delightful. Not my hobby, but like my, I, sometimes, sometimes painting feels like a hobby and my business feels like a business to me. Like that's how I kind of keep painting fresh in my brain. Um, do you ever get a little bit frustrated with the amount of random art supplies that I buy? Because I buy so many art supplies. Oh, you do. I love buying art supplies. They make me so happy. I mean, multiple times a week, I open up a box having no idea what's inside, and it'll be... It's paint. Or a pigment, mm -hmm. or a, a book, goo. or a goo. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess goo. A vessel. Yeah, I don't know. All kinds a of things. A molar. Yeah. All kinds of things. Well, that's key, because you help out a lot of people who work in a lot of different mediums, so it's important for you to experiment and experience. That's true. That's true. Plus the kids have a ton of fun with it. Although I will say, um, when she is painting with oil paints, she paints until very late at night sometimes, and then will fall asleep on the couch. True story. This woman works hard and plays hard too. I do. And I will wake up in the morning to our two-year-old oh. um, painting one of Emily's paintings yeah. with oil paint. Yeah, that happens. He's getting mischievous. He's he, not, mm, he's getting exploratory. And my art studio at home is in the living room, just kind of a table in the corner. It's not fancy. And he he's learning, though. I think he's learning as of, like, this week. He's learning that that space is mine, not his. And I think maybe we're making progress. But, man, there have been some messes in the living room. Oh, man. <gasps> I remember one night you told me, uh, hey, Dan, I finished the painting that I've been working on for a while. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning. And there yeah. was white paint all over the dark I'm ground cringing. corner. I'm just in like the state of tension right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it still isn't You fixed. finished that painting like four times. I, it's not done. He did it again. I have to redo oh it again. He's your child. Um, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, that is truly accurate, I guess. 
How do you express yourself creatively? Um, so I said that I was a chief technology officer in the past. I've done quite a few different things in the technology realm, including um, design of a digital nature. Design of a digital nature. Of a digital nature. I want that to be in your resume. That sounds very fancy. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, the same principles that go into a lot of what is important in art um, goes into designing tools and interfaces, experiences, marketing, sales, and systems, um, even within the technology realm as well. So I actually have lots of opportunity to express creativity. I just do mm -hmm. it very, very differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you and I both have this, like the same belief that everyone is creative, maybe not artistic, but creative, like problem solving is the theme in creativity in general. You can't create something without rectifying some series of problems, mm -hmm. whether it's in a painting or whether it's in a company structure or whether it's in how to fold laundry better, which we both need to work on that one. But I do love your creativity and how it comes out in all kinds of different ways. I have a Thanks. question. Okay. Do you ever listen to this podcast? <laughs> Please say no. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, not religiously. I'm so glad. I've probably listened to five episodes in parts of, is that the right word, by the way, episodes? It is. Okay. Yes. Very good. Very, right. very good. Or maybe like, and maybe a few minutes of we're three now others. In, we're, we're about to enter season three, by okay. the way. Yeah. So you have a lot, a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. You can binge listen whenever you'd like. Um, you specifically <laughs> prefaced when you started this podcast that I wasn't allowed to listen to it. So I've already felt I did, a little bit like a rebel. I did. When, before I began the podcast, I felt like not this episode, but like the entirety of this entire podcast, Do It For The Process podcast. I felt really inadequate and like my imposter syndrome was really strong. And I felt like I can, I can reinvent myself to my audience and I can become a podcaster to you guys. But Dan knows me so well and something about reinventing myself or not even reinventing myself, but like doing this new thing in front of him felt really vulnerable and made me really nervous. So I told, I told him that he couldn't listen. So thank you. Thank you for not listening until I felt confident. That's really sweet of you. I didn't tell you which episodes I listened to. No, you to. didn't. No. Mm -mm. So, was it the first that. one? It was. <laughs> you are a rebel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Emily. Yes. As a um, creative businesswoman, mm -hmm. how is it being married to a technologist? I'm just going to reverse your question. Um, well, you are lucky in that I am very patient and enjoy listening to all kinds of nerdy things and i love you so it's fine <laughs> yeah it's that's a good way to no i think it's really fascinating because um i feel like my business has grown a lot and it's changed a lot and it's become something that I never imagined it would become and like looks very different from how I expected my business to look when I first began, which was just, I paint, people buy, end of story. That's like, that's not even a small fraction of what I do now, which is just so unexpected. And I can see that same journey mirrored in what you do and that growth and that exploration. And so, yeah, I see a lot of similarities, even though it's in very, very different outputs. Um, I think 
in structure and in like the problem solving that needs to happen, there's a lot of similarities between between our jobs. There are. I think one of those key items, and we talk about this frequently, but we haven't talked about it. On let's, the talk to the, let's talk oh to, the goodness, to the audience, audience. about it. Mm, hello, guys. <laughs> um, so one of the things that's important when you are taking your art and turning it into a business, similarly to taking anything else and turning it into a business, is you are not your business, mm-hmm. and your business is not quite you. Mm-hmm. Um. A business has its own persona. Yes. And one of the biggest key items to that is making sure that the persona you've created for your business or that your business has, we'll just say that your business has, is one that appeals to your audience and one that your audience wants to have a relationship with. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting crossover to see between these two things. Um you took the first leap towards uh, creating a better audience and things with your business before I did. I was very strictly a developer or a designer or what have you. Um, but as I've moved into leadership roles, helping our business have its own personage and understanding that the things that it does and the way that it speaks and the people who work there are just a way for that personage of yeah. the business to kind of move forward and to create... Um, something that's appealing to its audience. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now that makes complete sense. And like, I mean, that even applies to people that are just, you know, a solo entrepreneur. You have no team, you have no, you know, you're not leading 30 people like you are, or even six people like I am. It's just you. Like, I love having that distinction because then you can be yourself and your business can be itself and they're very separate. And that keeps both of you safe. Like, I mean, for yeah. instance, you know me, Emily Jeffords, who doesn't put anything away and is terrible at laundry and is crazy and laughs at awkward things. And like, you know, you know me and my business isn't me. It is me, no. but it's not me. Right. It's not disingenuous. It's important to understand that there is the opportunity to be both, though. Right. Right. Like my business has its own beauty and I have my own beauty. And there are layers that don't cross over. Right. And nobody could have the business beauty. I'm going to use your word beauty. A beauty is the word for right. everything. It works right. for literally the everything. The business beauty that you have, <laughs> except for you. Yeah. But that doesn't mean other people can't learn from that. And you can't learn from other people as well. But I think that's actually one of the key items is it's even though it's not you as a whole, like you are not your business per mm-hmm. se. But that your business is specifically awesome because of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever you are in the audience as well, this applies to you. Yeah. Yeah, that makes complete sense. How has that been for you? Because, I mean, you began your company. Like, you began your business with just your your brain, your hands, doing it. I know you had a co-founder, but... Well, so did you. Uh, no, it was just me. No, I'm saying like you also just. Oh, began I, I thought it you meant a, that I had a co-founder. No, I'm like, Aunt, baby does not. What am I? No, I'm scared. <laughs> you were my you were my supporter, not my co-founder. Oh, absolutely. Um, but how did that growth process happen for you? Because you very much were the identity and the soul of your business, and now you have thirty plus people that are also the identity and soul of the business. Right. 
And what I found is it is way better when it is not just me so far, I will say, for my my type of business. Um, There's a lot that goes into that. There are the times I can see in the past when things were difficult and it required just more technical work where I suffered in the way that the uh, persona of our company was expressed. Hmm. Um, So it takes balance even when things are very, very hard to keep that in perspective. Um, so that's, that's been an excellent learning throughout this whole thing. Um, I would say too much of the percent of our business was related to my, my own struggles rather than what the business need to express for itself. Um, as we've grown and as I've grown, we've had the ability to separate that out a little bit, um, add some balance to it, be probably more transparent about both the struggles and the benefits and the way that we talk and share. Yeah. Um, it's key to make your audience feel included in your journey. And that includes things that are subpar. That doesn't mean an apology is always necessary. Oh, interesting. In fact, I very strongly work not to use apologies, yeah. even in the worst situations. Let's say I'm a software company, something goes down. I don't want to apologize. I want to express what happened mm-hmm. and what steps we've taken to make sure that won't happen again and what kind of service they can expect moving forward. But I don't dwell on that or apologize for that. That's part of being, a, you know, a human. Yeah. So that's, interesting. that's always interesting. And that makes sense for your company because you really need to inspire deep trust because you're dealing with money movement, which I know you don't have issues with that part of it. Right. But Well, I mean, you do the same thing, though, when you're not feeling awesome you talk about it in your instagram stories yeah or you post about you know struggles you're having whether that's you know motherhood or work yeah. or depression or anxiety or hope and everything like that and being able to communicate those things with a level of honesty i'm saying responsibility is still key right, right? like yeah, yeah yeah but being able to do it um responsibly and transparently makes all the difference in forming true relationships with your consumers or your audience rather than just um, a relationship for the short term until they find something better Mm -hmm. or bigger or whatever. You're saying so many wise things. I love that. I'm not like, he's looking at me like, wait, what? (laughs) No, I, I love that point that you made about letting your audience get to know you. And going back to what we just said about like, having those barriers where you are not your business, your business is not you. And yet all of us are the heart and souls of our businesses in one way or another. So keeping that emotionally connected human inside of the business, being honest and transparent, and yet keeping yourself protected by having some, having some barriers or having some um, boundaries in place. All right, there's things that are irresponsible and there's things that are transparent Mm -hmm. and they aren't necessarily, you know, like you've got to make sure what those are. And some things that just don't belong inside of your business. Um, Inside of making our work, we call that your your brand vibe, like things that just don't fit your brand's vibe. Like they Mm -hmm. don't belong in there. It's not what you're talking about. It's not what you're there for, even though you as a human might really like those things. I love roller coasters. I'm never going to talk about roller coasters inside of my business. It's not... It doesn't fit, you know? Um, I feel like I talk about laundry a lot because it's kind of like my ironic thing that I point out that clearly doesn't fit inside of my brand. And yet I'm always like bringing it up. 
Yeah. So maybe it you is do now. talk about it. I do, but yeah. it's. I think it's something that, like, I'm truly bad at. So it's kind of delightful to point that out every now and then. We need to hire someone for that. Yes. Yes, we do. Because <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I would be completely satisfied to just constantly fish clean clothes out of some random basket and never fold anything. You know I mean, me. that's what we do. It, it, yeah. It is more or less what we do. <laughs> this has been very uplifting. Do we own an iron real quick? No, we do no, not. No, we don't own an iron, guys. No. No, I don't think that made it in the move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're good at this. <laughs> Dan and I always joke that we are adults, but only in some areas of life and only sometimes. And I don't know how we have kids that are so, you know, awesome, but they're making it, so that's good. <laughs> it's because they have to be the adults. They're I don't great. know. They're so yeah. great. Oh, goodness. Well, Dan, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. This is so fun. My first guest. Um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed hearing a little bit of our back and forth in our life. Um, yeah. All right. That's all for now. Thanks, See you guys. next time. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> um, I hope that you enjoyed that that episode and that interview with my my beautiful husband Daniel Jeffords um, I told him that he has to post some photos of his drawings on his Instagram account the the ironic thing is while I love social media and I really delight in sharing my life and my business on social media he is the exact opposite so his Instagram account and mine look very different he prides himself on not filtering images on posting only when he really, really, really wants to, which is like once a year. So go check it out. Um, it'll be it'll be fun to see if he does post his drawings on there. You know, if the uh, the mood strikes him, we'll have to see. His Instagram handle is Dan Jeffords, D A N J E F F O R T S. And with that, I hope you guys have a beautiful week. Again, the collective is open through April 30th. So if that intrigues you, go check out emilyjeffordslearn.com. I would love to see you in there. Join us for a month, join us for a hundred months, whatever suits you best. I think it's going to be a place of great nourishment, great education, a huge resource, a place where you don't feel strange or alone or like your questions are too bizarre because you are definitely in a community that is here for the niche creative brand questions. I can tell you that for sure. So again, emilyjeffordslearn.com. Doors are only open through the 30th. So go check it out. Join us. I'd love to see you in there. Okay. And with that, may you be well, may you create good work and may you always do it for the process. All right, bye for now.